0: Your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him, usually, but it's not today. Today, we're going to upgrade a little bit. I say that very loosely because I've already screwed up two things in this video uh, I, I was so excited to show Brian passing the color commentator for Alabama basketball our new intro and I flubbed it completely and I have no idea how to edit it. Brian welcome to the program. <laughs> Good to be with you uh yeah this is this is pretty standard issue for Jimmy and I but um, anywho I think it's for Jimmy and me I'm, I'm a stickler about that for some reason uh, Of course Brian, Alabama coming off the big win over South Carolina yesterday. Um, it th- That game could not have been any more of a of a snapshot of Alabama's season than it was. You you get up 25 points, which is the equivalent of beating a Gonzaga early in the year, you know, a Houston early in the year, looking fantastic, looking like a Final Four team. Then you allow a South Carolina team, which normally can't uh, shoot at all uh, – Back to the game within six, and then you go out and beat them by 20 something again. It, it this that game was Alabama's season in a nutshell, was it not?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I mean, you, you act like that's a bad thing. We beat one of the <laughs> hottest teams in the SEC by 20 points. So if that is a microcosm of the season, then it's been a heck of a season. Uh, that's a South Carolina team that had won four straight, uh, for the first time in the month of February in SEC play since they've been in the SEC. I mean, it's unbelievable, you know, that that they've been in the SEC since 1992 and they have not won four straight conference games uh, late in the season until this season. So they are playing at a high level. I thought it would be a tough game. Alabama came out and played really well to get up 23 at halftime uh, is, against a team that was playing as well as South Carolina. It uh, was impressive. Obviously, the first 10 minutes, of the second half uh were not played at the level that Oats wanted it to be played at but you got to give south carolina a lot of credit they were coming in confident playing their best basketball in a number of years uh and they they played well got back in the game and alabama responded in a great way pushed the lead back out to 20. so um listen a, a 19 point win against a team of the caliber of south carolina that although they're not currently projected to be an NCAA tournament team because of the way they were playing earlier in the season when they had some injuries. But now that they're healthy, Jermaine Kousnard is back, playing as well as anybody in the SEC. Uh, that was a big game for Alabama against a quality team, and the win by 19 points, in my opinion, was very impressive.
0: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt it's impressive, and I, I wasn't trying to um, – I was really more saying that uh, this, this team – It always seems like uh, right now people are waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think for the most part, everybody has been saying, at least the basketball fans I talk to, and Jimmy's the same way as I, that we keep talking about, you know, eventually our shots are going to start falling. And when they do, we're going to be hell. You're not going to want to play us. Our shots are going to start dropping. Beginning of the Kentucky game, it looked like, okay, this is the game. And then they fell off. And beginning of the South Carolina game, the entire first half, really, it, they're falling. And you're like, okay, here we go. And then you let them get back within six. And it's, that's what still puts that doubt, I think, in fans' eyes. Um, South Carolina is a really good team. South Carolina is fighting for an NCAA berth. Those are always the most uh, tenacious teams to play. But the teams that know they're, de- they're desperate. And South Carolina is not bad at all. And they've got a great coach. So I think it's a very uh, important win and, and an impressive win. And look, Alabama is squarely at no less than a six seed at this point, no matter what happens from here on out, and probably can get to oh – God, I, I don't know if I can say they can get to a three, but they can get to a four for sure. And um, so it's a damn good season. But it's just uh, – in the season there's been a big roller coaster. It's, it's just crazy. You
1: know, I, Luke, I – We've known each other forever, and uh, I love giving you a hard time, and and today will be no different. Um, You know, I have to disagree with you on, on a lot of what you said. I mean, you know, when the shots fall, this team's good. When they don't fall, this team's not very good. I mean, when this team defends, they're really good, whether the shots fall or not. Alabama has had some of its best shooting performances of the year in losses. Made 14 threes against Kentucky made 14 threes again at Auburn and, and lost both of those games. Uh, and they've, they've won some of, some of their toughest games when shots have not fallen. Uh, so, you know, th- this team lives and dies by the defensive end. And, you know, that's not as fun to say as living by the three, dying by the three, but the it, reality of this team, when they defend, they can't uh, Because even though the shots have not fallen from three at the rate they did a year ago, this is one of the two, the best two-point percentage shooting teams in the country with the ability of Javon Quinterly uh, to get to the basket. J.D. Davison, uh, Keon Ellis can, can score at the rim and, and also from three. Jaden Shackelford, although he's one of the top three three-point shooters from a makes and percentage standpoint in the SEC, he's really improved his ability to score at the rim. Charles bidiako has been super efficient. Uh, around the basket, catching lobs from JQ and JD. So Alabama offensively uh, has has been pretty consistent this year. Now, have they shot it consistently? No, uh, but where this team has struggled on the is on the defensive end. And listen, I'm just not gonna be frustrated by the ups and downs of the year, because if you look at the the history of Alabama basketball, which is a stored history, and, I, and Luke, I know you're very familiar with the fact that Alabama is the second winningest program in SEC history behind Kentucky. And now Kentucky's got a pretty big lead, but somebody's got to be second, and it's Alabama. With that being said, if Alabama holds at a five seed, as the current projections, this will be the second time in the history of the program that Alabama's gotten back-to-back NCAA tournament top five or better seeds. Uh, it's only it happened in 91-92, 30 years ago. Is the last time it happened it's only happened once in the history of the program so last night at it a uh, senior night Nate Oates was commending uh his seniors and what they've done over the last couple of years and depending on what happens uh, the rest of the way this this era these couple of years has to a chance to be historic in terms of alabama basketball history obviously uh a lot to be played yet we'll see how that unfolds but uh this to to be in a position where you know we the the month or the calendar is about to flip to March Alabama's projected to be a 5 seed there's no bubble talk uh, last year was a 2 seed uh, SEC championship uh, in the regular season of the tournament I, i'm just not going to be frustrated by the ups and downs and, and be complaining too much about a potential 5 or better seed in the NCAA tournament
0: no and again I, I, there's no doubt there are a lot of people complaining i i, I certainly hear that uh, That is all over the place. But I do think uh, you you mentioned the Kentucky and the Auburn games. Um, in the first half of both of those games, now I know they had the lead at half of Kentucky, if I remember right, or it was very close, like a one-point game one way to the other. And the Auburn game was extraordinarily close at half two. And the second half is where things went awry, and the shots were off and and the defense probably wouldn't playing very well. But you're probably – you're arguably playing in two of the toughest venues in college basketball right now. So, I mean, again, not the end of the world to lose to what was then the number one team in the country and Kentucky who was as hot as anybody uh, at the time Alabama played them. Uh, by the way, those 91-92 teams, boy, I'm, I'm glad you brought those up. I wish I could get somebody that played on them on the show. That would be fantastic.
1: Is it – Luke, is it a coincidence that the last time it happened <laughs> yours truly was on the team? I mean, listen, people want to give credit to Wimp Sanderson and, and Robert Ory, Hollywood, Latrell, Spiro, Hollywood, yeah. but we know, we know without me encouraging those guys and dominating, uh, in warmups, you know, <laughs> never, never would have happened.
0: Okay. On a completely unrelated segue, I swear. Did you, th- how cool was it that all the seniors, Britton Johnson, et cetera, they all got to start yesterday? Awesome. Loved it.
1: And, you know, first of all, I want to compliment all involved in that decision-making process, which it made it, oats uh, for him to start the seniors. It's not something that's common. I mean, sadly, you, you would think senior night, start your seniors, especially when you have five, uh, but that's just not typically the case. You know, maybe, they get to play a little bit at the end, uh, but it, it it was really cool to see those guys start. And also, I think it those guys made it easier on Nate Oates and the staff because he can trust them. And with what they do in practice every day, the times that they've gotten opportunities, and I'm talking, you know, primarily about Britton Johnson, um, you know, as a as a walk-on, and Tyler Barnes, who don't typically get the playing time that, that other guys in front of them get. But because of what those guys do in practice every day when they have gotten opportunities, the coaching staff trust them in a big game. This is a this was an important game for SEC tournament seeding, NCAA tournament seeding, and there was no drop-off. Those guys, when they were out there, they, they absolutely uh, looked like they belonged. They were upset when they came out after the first media timeout. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a trust there among the team and also the coaching staff with those walk ons who are special in, in Britt Johnson and Tyler Barnes. And they produced, they made plays. Didn't make shots, uh, but get done on the defensive end. Loose balls, deflections that led to steals and open floor opportunities. Uh, so it was great to see. A, senior nights always a special time uh, for those veterans. The last time, typically, it's the last time you play. Now they do it where it's the last Saturday home game so your families can come, which is really a great idea. Uh, but it'll, that was a special um, moment for all those guys involved. And, and listen, Wednesday night will be special because that will be the last time that you walk off the court at Coleman Coliseum, and uh, that's, a, that's a special time as well. That will be a big game against a good Texas A&M team.
0: Yeah, Texas A&M team that just took it to Ole Miss. I'm really shocked to see that. Um, and also kudos to Britton Johnson for going out there, man. He got his hands on the ball three straight times, all three times they were going up. He didn't it didn't matter. He was jacking that thing, man. Uh, and I I was I was there for it. I I dig it. Um, you know, I said in a podcast earlier about Jason Holt. Um, I can't remember which game it was, but he had a nice game where he played a lot of minutes. And he was only like one of two from the field. And I said, that's so important to me because he knew his role. Uh, You know, a lot of times when you're a freshman um, and you get out there or a guy that doesn't play much, you know, at any year, you don't play much. You get out there and you want to throw it up because you're like, I don't know when I'm going to play again. He knew his role at the time. And hopefully, you know, he'll grow to to be a much better player. But you got to start somewhere. But for Britton Johnson, this this is the second to last time he's ever going to play at Coleman. You better throw that thing up, buddy. And I was, I was there for it. Britton is not a, a player who has a lack of confidence in his
1: game. And, and I mean that a hundred percent as a compliment, he's a state champion uh, on the mean street, of mountain brook. And uh, he, he produces every day in practice and listen, he, he got in early against Missouri and made a difference in that game, had an N one uh, did the job defensively played some, in the game uh, against Georgia in Athens, so uh, he he's been there. Tyler Barnes over the course of his career uh, has so much respect from his teammates and Britain does too. Uh, but these guys not only work hard, uh, but they're leaders in the locker room, in the practice gym, uh, and they're good players. Uh, those are those are two guys that when I, I had I was not surprised at all that they played well they played aggressive and they played with confidence because they're good players and they know it and they help the team and i thought set the tone for the game on
0: saturday a uh, couple of things to wrap up brian first of all alabama you know i'm a schedule holic i've always contacted you like in april like hey who do we play next year i'm always excited to see that and uh we are involved in this tournament in in portland oregon um you know, what could go wrong? (laughs) Portland, the most, uh, the safest city in America right now, I say facetiously. But, um, yeah, anywho, uh, Portland, a Nike tournament, it's got just a plethora of really good teams, and uh, it's over Thanksgiving, so that may hurt, you know, some of the Alabama attendance because of the Auburn game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it's a great field. I know you're excited about that. And also, touch on very quickly the – Noah Gurley's announcement that he's returning, which I think is huge. I, some people some people have sort of met it with uh, indifference, and I, I'm like, you can't – we can't say enough about how important this is for next year's success to me. Uh, and then Javon Quinterly not closing the door on coming back.
1: Yeah, you know, starting on the scheduling. Um, and, listen, I, I know you – I know you're a big Nate Oates fan, and and, and I know you're, as you mentioned, you're scheduling guy. you got to love the way that this guy schedules. I mean, number one overall strength of schedule, and it's not even close uh, this year. And I, I think if you asked him if he could have the number one overall strength of schedule each season, uh, he would take it. And that's how he schedules. And he's a big believer in preparing this team for, for the SEC tournament or for the SEC regular season. NCAA tournament by playing the best of the best uh, in the non-conference. And now all of a sudden, the SEC is, I think, the best basketball conference in the country. So uh, you get it in the non-conference, you get, you get it in the regular season. Um, but his belief, and I, and I agree with this, is that it prepares you to make a run in March. And and that is is uh, the most important part of this. You want to try to win championships in the regular season, SEC tournament, Uh, But March Madness is the most special event in in sports, in my opinion. And I'm hopeful that this team will be ready for that because of this non-conference schedule. Next year, it's going to be no different. And he's going to do that for years to come, which is exciting for Alabama basketball fans. And in terms of of guys coming back, guys leaving, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see that Noah Gurley will be back because, one, he fits so well with how Alabama wants to play. Uh, He can can play multiple positions. He can stretch the floor, has the ability to knock down shots, uh, can can score around the basket, made huge buckets late against Arkansas, took the lead twice in the last minute of the game. So he's a veteran guy that's getting better and better. He's getting more comfortable with this style of play uh, and also the grind of playing in the SEC. He was really good at Furman, but you didn't have to do it night in and night out against this level of competition. And that'll, that'll catch you off guard when you haven't done that your whole career. And all of a sudden you're playing the number one overall strength of schedule. Noah Gurley has gotten better and better. And, and I think he's really enjoying being in Tuscaloosa playing for Nate Oats and, and what's on the horizon in, in terms of recruits coming in and guys that are going to be back. Uh, this program has a chance to take another step next year. This year's not over and he's going to be a big part of it. and, you know, there'll be some other guys like Javon Quinterly and some others that have decisions to make. Uh, but the good thing is uh, there, you've got the, the number three recruiting class uh, in America coming in. You got Namari Burnett, a former McDonald's all american out this year, which is back. He'll be 100% ready to go next year. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see who, who, who decides to come back, who has to leave. But while you want a lot of guys to come back selfishly, Listen, if they're ready and, and they can make a jump to the NBA uh, long term, that's really good for the program uh, because guys like J.D. Davison, um, you know, Josh Primo, some of the guys, Jaden Bradley, um, Brandon Miller, those guys are coming or are Alabama currently and some of those are coming to Alabama because of the success of the program and also the success individually of what guys are able to do in the NATO system to prepare themselves for a future in the NBA and every one of these guys uh, that play for Alabama that are being recruited by Alabama. That's their goal. He's not recruiting guys that that just want to go play college basketball for a few years and then, you know, go get a job in pharmaceutical sales. He wants guys that have (laughs) dreams of playing in the NBA and that's what he's got coming in.
0: Brian, in my view, there's nothing wrong with those pharmaceutical sales guys. (laughs) they are great people. Um, Nothing wrong. All right, Listen, buddy. I'm thanks just, for joining me today. Glad, for
1: I'm just glad NATO's didn't recruit guys like me. He's he's <laughs> he's stepped it up. He's recruiting big time players.
0: Well, no offense, but I think you and I are older than NATO's.
1: Boy, is that right? Here. Yeah,
0: isn't that right?
1: By, uh, got us by a year. I mean, we've got like a year or two. We've got him by a year or two. But in but in our defense, we're super immature. So he's you know basically yeah, I know like. A lot older. Than it us. feels least, like he's
0: older than us. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like a, and that's, that's yeah. all that matters. Uh, but for those who don't know, Brian has a daughter, Sarah, who plays on the Mountain Brook team. Um, so, you know, she's, she's had a tough bring, upbringing. Uh, You know, she's been out there scrubbing, but seriously, she is a really talented player, and uh, Mountain Brook, unfortunately, will not be at the finals this week. I'll be calling some games tomorrow morning. Uh, Looking forward to that. Brian, if you want to make your way to the finals, we will uh, try to get you on there somehow if you want to come out there and see somebody. It's not a banner year for prospects in the state of Alabama, uh, but they will be. Barry Denning, who's headed to Arkansas, will be there. Well, listen, I don't think there's anything better. Uh, than than the state
1: basketball tournament in Alabama. And I can't wait to get to Legacy Arena this week. No matter who's playing, 1A, 7A, boys, girls, it is all so much fun to watch. Um, I think the state of Alabama does it as well or better than anybody in the country. So for those that haven't been, do yourself a favor get there. It is an absolute blast.
0: All right, buddy. Thanks for being with us, and uh, roll tide.
1: All right, Luke, appreciate it. Roll Tide.